Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Another addition to my uh, drunky McDrunkerson collection. Lettuce is a fine topping if you have got like nine things. Don't waste one of your three on lettuce. Both of you probably could use a salad. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield. On ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Silver Sevens. Silver Sevens live on a Thursday. Our Thursday home. Come on down. Happy hour has begun. 277 on the drinks. We got prizes down here. We got great guest spots. Ari booked a great show. Xavier Pope will come in around 345. And obviously, there's bigger things around the world that are happening aside from sports we certainly can tie sports into it adam hill is here mateo's helping on scene finley toyota studios ari already mentioned once he gets a second mention start of the show and he kind of deserves it it's trending at three presented by nova home loans call now at 877-700-NOVA well i know adam I had a call on you this morning because we had uh, some hosting replacement needs, and you stepped up to do the show today, but that was after a long night of watching TV. Uh, you are a late-night morning TV person. Sure. And you were tracking what's going on around the world with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which, you know, it's going to be real interesting from our standpoint because we're not a news talk show, although we will delve into that here and there. From our standpoint, what happens in the sports world on so many fronts? And I guess one of the primary things I wanted to hit on are the good number of Russian and Ukrainian athletes who play in U.S. leagues or participate in you know sports that are very United States-based, um, like boxing. Uh, Victor Postal, who's Ukrainian, He's got family in his home country. Yep. And talking to Yahoo and your good buddy, Kevin Ioli, he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to fight. I mean, imagine going into the ring where we already know how hard boxing is. You're trying to survive and not get seriously injured, but you've got to compartmentalize what's going on in your home country and with your family. Yeah, and from what? You know, for what it sounds like, he's going to try to avoid as much as he can, which is almost impossible. That means you can't go on social media. You can't watch TV at all. Um, you know, he checked in with his family back home to make sure they're okay. But almost impossible to know, you know, from on an hour-to-hour basis if that changes without, you know, constantly calling and checking in. And, uh, I mean, you see the images of what's going on. So it's, it's got to be a constant thought on your mind i mean i don't i don't know that i would compete uh with that you know with that backdrop um but you know we don't we also know the situation like if he, he maybe he wants to make one payday and try to get out try to you know move forward and you know say hey like i need this one this one paycheck and then we can go kind of hide for a couple months or something like that i, I don't know i don't know the, the circumstances but I, I think it would be very difficult for me to compete in a time like this so i saw some interesting chatter about hockey because obviously there's a lot of storylines in hockey. 
involving folks who are from you know these countries. I mean, first and foremost is Ovechkin, which we'll get to. Knights have some ties. And I saw a comment earlier from a person on Twitter who was requesting of our buddy Chris Chapman, who's part of our hockey show over on our Fox station. Please, to reporters, don't ask the Dadoff any questions about what's happening. We have no idea of their family relations still in Russia and what can happen to them. They won't be able to give any truthful answers anyways without fear. This is a really interesting question. You're the best writer and reporter in town. You cover everything. That's just a fact. And as much as anyone, like you believe in what the mission is of journalism, it actually is a little bit tricky. Yeah. But before I even let you answer, I, I think you believe your job is to get the story. And are there cases where you need to hold back questions? Do you need to have a conversation on the side? Is it an off-the-record thing? And then you, you say, hey, can, can that be on the record? What do you do in a sensitive situation like this? Well, this goes back to, and, you know, we talked about this, the importance of having access in the locker rooms. Like, that's this. Because it is, first of all, the Golden Knights, I am, I'm, I'm just going to guess, but I would make a bet on this, that when they make, you know, one or two guys available after a practice or after a game, that the Dodoff is not going to be one of those guys. Like, I would, I would make that guess right now. You think that will happen across the league, that all Russian players will be shielded? I think it's very possible. Is the league doing the right thing by doing so? Maybe, I mean, unless guys want to talk, right? I mean, there's, it's possible they go to their team and say, hey, I have something to say. I have a message. And I guess that's fair on some level. Now, this is the kind of thing you would go in the locker room and you would walk over to the guy and be like, hey, what's going on? How are you feeling? Is this something you want to talk about? Is this a story that needs to be told? What is your, what is your thoughts? Because we have seen many in Russia today very much against this and out on the streets and, and protesting. And it, it appears, at least on the surface, this is a war of one person and one ruling class and the the people tend to be against it now of course that's not across the board there's you know we we get divided politics we understand that here um so it's not everybody thinking that way but it's possible the donov or a guy like any any guy like that i don't want to use him specifically any russian around the league could be could want to say hey look this is not what me and my family represent this is not what we want to do it's possible they'd want to back what Putin did, I, I don't know. Um, but again, that's that's a conversation you can have away from the spotlight. Now, the problem with the with the way things are right now is that everything's either Zoom or, for the most part, now with the Golden Knights, it's you know on a podium where it's kind of streamed live, and it, that's a tough place to do it. And, and I think there's there's some questions that you know are better asked away from that setting, just because you want to you want to understand you know their comfortability level, what they want to say, and, and those sorts of things. I mean. You know, I, if, if there's certain questions that I've had recently to different coaches, and I'm like, this is not the right time to ask in front of everyone. You have to try to ask them separately. So um, th- that's one of the things I think is missing, and I think that, that goes both ways. I think it's for players to be able to tell their story, and they might not want to do it in front of a podium. They just want, might want to have a conversation. Or media that wants to get stories that don't necessarily want to have that, you know, put that player on the spot or that coach on the spot. There's a process, too. And – 
very few people know the process, and I don't think they want to know the process of accessing stories and information. I mean, you don't have to give out details, but, you know, the John Jones video that only you guys had at the RJ, there's a story behind that, and it's a very detailed story. And, you know, as it turns out, John Jones got very mad at you that on video the truth was revealed. Now, we already knew the details of John Jones allegedly abusing his fiance and terrorizing his kids, I guess allegedly, although by the stories you told, nothing alleged uh, but as we know from the Ray Rice case and many other cases the written word means very little to people until they see the visual yeah and you had to make a decision on that one and the decision didn't make John Jones happy in fact he sent a message to you basically saying, you're ruining my life although which I, which I find again hilarious because John you're you're ruining your life well he's joking about it on Twitter now so I think he's well, as he often does, there's an emotional <laughs> right. that that would be part of the story is that there's an emotional, sometimes violent initial reaction by one of the legendary fighters of the UFC. And then like and honestly, he's not that different than a lot of people in society. Right. When you have time to reflect, maybe what you thought initially wasn't as bad as you originally believed. Now, yeah. the incident was bad. Yeah. But the sure. fact that someone put out, you know, someone got access to the video. Your life wasn't ruined. The action on the video was ruining your life. You did that. Yeah, and it goes, and it goes both ways. Just to, for full disclosure, yes, it was a long, tedious, arduous process to get access to that video. And um, I know a lot of other people tried and kind of gave up because it was a tough process. Which, by the way, is a much bigger story than just sports. Of course it is. That is a, that is a video from Metro, and we know over the years that video is really important to exacting justice. Both ways. Both ways. Because and when you can't get access to video, that, that presents problems we, we can't even describe. And just to, I mean, we could do all three hours on this, and I know yes. we won't, but, um, you know, people said, why is this a story? Why does it matter? Well, it matters both ways. Cause, because, one, it, t- it does tell a story. In the case of Ray Rice, as you mentioned, the written word, people were like, okay, whatever. They saw the video. They were like, that's horrifying. In this case... You know, there was there was reports that John Jones had headbutted a police car. What does that mean? And were the police lying about that? I mean, a lot of times police reports are not really an accurate description of what happened. So you you have to find as much evidence as you possibly can and make it public so people can make up their own mind and determine. And in a lot of cases, the, the, the video will kind of exonerate the person. In this case, it was disturbing. I'll admit, when I finally did get it, and I, you know, I guess I'm the first person outside of police that saw this video or prosecutors i guess too that saw this video it was disturbing it was sad i was i took no joy in like hey we have to put this out by the way who could say a professional fighter getting into another fracas with police officers in this case headbutting a car is not a story and frankly not for public consumption and the public good uh, don't you want to know who dangerous individuals are who come to our town? I don't know. Check my Twitter feed. <laughs> you'll see, you'll well, see a lot of They're very short-sighted, and, and, and they li- live in a land of make-believe. You could cross. I mean, how many times have I done this lecture? Athletes that get in trouble, you could cross their paths. Sometimes there's no way to prevent it, like poor Tina Tintor, right? The hands of Henry Ruggs. I don't know, you know how you would know that. You do have a chance to, when you see certain athletes, and I, I'm not trying to pick on the UFC, but we brought up the example of, you know, the uh, 
who are the jabronis going at it at the Palms Buffet? <laughs> like, honestly, when I hear that story, if I'm around that group of fighters and managers, I'm not going anywhere near them. I'm not bringing my family near them. So, sorry, John Jones getting that violent and that truculent with Metro? That is public news. Yeah. That is a story. And by the way, he, he, did tweet, he tweeted today, LOL, I was hoping that video had gone away and got lost somewhere. And then um, a lot of responses, of course, attacked him. But a lot of them were like, why would they do this to you? Why would they put this video out? Like, oh come on, God. Do this <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah. As if he did not, he is not the one that's guilty in this case. God, it's, it's, sports is not everything, folks. These are not make-believe people. They're people who exist around you and could be dangerous to you when they're like John Jones, who has issues. Lordy, Lordy, Silver Sevens, it's a Thursday. I want to get into the NFL on the way back. Uh, by the way, we will talk more about the NHL's Russian player dilemma in the 5 o'clock hour with an excellent writer from ESPN.com, one of the deans of uh, scribes around the NHL, Puck Daddy, Greg Wyshynski, will join us. But on the way back, I, I do want to address a story that Adam released yesterday as we're starting to look ahead to the NFL draft, and uh, you had a panel of different experts that were giving their early picks uh, or early choices for that number one pick. Uh, I'm curious to see who you think the Raiders should be targeting and especially what position. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You're a jerk. That obviously happened really quickly and suddenly and unexpectedly and yeah. wish I had a better reaction in the moment. Um, I didn't apologize to her for that, but glad that, you know, all in all, she's doing all right. So one of those things that uh, try and train your reactions to be a little bit better next time. And, yeah. and um, you learn from, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, but other than that, it was a great day. Now back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and company. Matt Stafford speaking on his moment of really not giving a crap about another human being as a woman fell from the stage. Stafford turned around, walked away. Uh, good get there. Really good guest book there. Um, Matt Stafford appearing on the Kelly Stafford podcast. So I don't know how she pulled that one off. How'd she get him? Um, I don't want to make assumptions about podcast. And I'll say this. I think if the SO on myself did a podcast, I would get annihilated. And there'd be a lot of yelling, right, in, sure. in a good way. Like, it might be entertaining. I can't imagine the Stafford's podcast. Maybe she yells at him, but she I, she certainly wasn't going to ask follow-up questions. Just put him on the spot, grill him. Like, I think the SO would actually be like, well, I mean, you did turn around and not care and tell me to take care of it. Also, you vomited five times when we got home that night. Yes. Like, ah, oh, come on. Come on, do a real do podcast. It. Let's go. <laughs> um, more distressing news, and, I, you know, I don't know if folks know this, but um, the Klitschko brothers – you know, in many ways, um, Ukrainian baseball, Ukrainian, but also, you know, they're in Germany all the time for fights. But Vitaly, the older brother, got into politics a while ago. He's the mayor of Kiev. It's Kiev. Kiev. Okay. Way. Okay. I, you know what? I noticed the spelling has been altered K as well. Yeah. yeah. K-Y-I-V. So Kiev, formerly Kiev. Um, he, is there news that he's just, he's going to the front lines to fight? Uh, he just said, just came across right now. Um, Vitaly, the mayor of Kiev, plans to take up arms and head to the front lines 
to fight against the Russian invasion. He said, it's already a bloody war. I don't have another choice. I have to do it. I'll fight. I'm sure this has already been done as social media material. Top 10 list of U.S. mayors that would go to the front line. I, I'm just, we don't have to do it. I'm just throwing it out there. Carolyn. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm sure it's, it's going to be out there. And, and not trying to make light of this because this is horrendous. It's a terrible thing. Um, and, again, we're going to address the, the hockey end of it. It's, it's gross. It's disgusting. Um, and so is a lot of the social media conversation of, you know, trying to find blame and picking. It's to stop. Uh, your NFL draft story around the Raiders yesterday, you sampled a bunch of experts. And it went from O-line. And we're talking about the first pick for the Raiders in the draft. It went from O-line, defensive back help. Part of a story of tearing down the team and getting a future quarterback, yeah. but having more than one first-round pick. It was pretty interesting. What position, let's just say the car's back, they're in their spot, and I didn't mention wide receiver, which I hate <laughs> picking a wide receiver. I don't, I don't want the Raiders to get Chris Olave or whoever else you want to put up there. So what is it? Is it? O-line or one of the most valuable positions on the field? Defensive back, but specifically cornerback. Yeah. Right now, where do you want to go? I think, well, I think I would probably go corner. I do think they need a a big-time wide receiver, but um, I think you you, can find it. You can find it later in the draft. Well, also, here's the other thing. Free agency is set to come. Or or in free agency. And if they get Devontae Adams, like this obviously would be – kind of moot. I don't think you would go draft a number one wide receiver if you get Devontae Adams. Um, corner, they've already invested a lot. They've invested heavily at cornerback, but it hasn't really worked out. And it's a new system, right? So uh, one of the things that Patrick Graham has talked about, the the coordinator, is, you know, they played a lot of zone uh, at times last year, but they he, he has said, hey, we blitz. You have to blitz, and if you're a corner... In the NFL, you have to be able to play man. And you have to be able to play physical man. Um, and I think there are a couple guys um, out there who could be physical man-type corners uh, to come into the league. And I think that would be very helpful for this team. Now, obviously, you know who knows what happens with Casey Hayward. I assume he's gone. Um, who knows what happens in free agency. They could, they could move on from that. Um, I actually like a guy that nobody nobody made a, a pick of uh, in, the, in the first round of mocks. Uh, for the Raiders, but uh, Kyrie Elam from Florida is is a big corner, really physical. Uh, committed quite a few holdings and PIs and illegal contacts last year. I think that might maybe one thing that's holding him back a little bit in terms of projection. But um, I think you can get away with a little bit more at the NFL level, and I just think the tools are there uh, to really fit into the defense. So I, I I'm keeping an eye on him for sure uh, as a guy to watch for the Raiders, but I, I think corner would be a, a good place to target. I think just like you don't want to go um, wide receiver, I think they absolutely need to solidify the linebacking core, but I don't I don't love drafting a linebacker in the first round. They're tough Not, to project. Especially with what the position has turned into. Yeah. That's, and that, if, yeah, it's not, as, it's not as valuable. I mean, if you have an elite one, it is it can be a very valuable position, but it's not – it's not the area to invest in. Like th- that's what we talk about with running backs, right? Where 
yeah, if you have a an elite, unbelievable difference maker, sure that can be that can be a, a, a game changer on offense. But there's so few of them, and most of them are just very interchangeable. So you don't invest early. Um, it's one of the issues with team building uh, that is talked about the Colts a lot. Which, if you really want to get you know do a hardcore dive on why the Colts are a little bit flawed, even though they've got really good talent all over the place, look where they have their best players. Offensive guard, linebacker, like the the least the quote unquote valuable positions is where they have their best players, which is not how you want to do it. You want to go corners, rush ends, um, you know, receivers, quarterbacks, tackles is more the uh, the elite positions where you want to invest in. Uh, so I do think they still need to solidify the offensive line. I think they could look there. Um, definitely cornerback and. If you had a difference-making receiver, uh, a a one, a primary receiver, because obviously they have a slot receiver, they've got a couple of candidates for that secondary receiver role as well. They need a a one a one receiver guy, wide receiver one that you can put out there, uh, win matchups on the outside, and be a a, a solid weapon for the offense. Giveaway time. Caller seven three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Porta Subs is celebrating fifty years as your neighborhood sandwich shop. Right now, Caller 7 gets a two-foot Porta Sub sandwich. Really cool. Along with this, you qualify for a chance to win two tickets to the Academy of Country Music Awards. It's at Allegiant Stadium. What a freaking show that's going to be. March 7th, you can get your own tickets, Ticketmaster.com. They start at 75 bucks. Here's what they got lined up. 20 live performances. Uh, the host of the show is Dolly Parton. Let's do it, right? Live performances from... Jason Aldean, Brothers Osborne, Chris Young, Eric Church, Kelsey Ballerini, Kane Brown, and many more. So here's your chance. You get the two-foot sub, and you qualify for tickets to the big show March 7th. March 7th at Allegiant Stadium, the Academy of Country Music Awards. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Enjoy Bud Light, Budweiser, and Michelob Ultra for just 77 cents during all NFL games. Get the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. I was told from someone who's having conversations with his agent, not the highest paid player by a little, by a wide margin. He doesn't, it's, it's, he doesn't want to just be at the top by a few million. It's got to be significant. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Big Roos, Diana Rossini from ESPN. Aaron Rodgers. Highest paid player in the league by a lot. A lot of rumors of what quarterbacks want. Yeah. It's, it's quarterback demand season. Right. Uh, we'll get to what Big Roos was saying about Rodgers and his timeline on making a decision that's coming up right after 4 o'clock. We're live today at Silver 7s. Happy hour is here, 277. Margaritas, beers, and shots. So come on down, two bars to hang out at. We're near the Bud Light Lounge, the brand-new Bud Light Lounge. So, on your draft story, yesterday in the RJ, we didn't hit on the quarterback note on air, right? Uh, one of the experts who wants to tear down the team like you do, 
was suggesting that Desmond Ritter could be the guy. How about if they don't tear the team down, are they still interested in getting a quarterback as a project, you know, third? It seems high to me. Uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. I think it would have to be sixth or seventh. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you inv- – if you – if you're going to commit to Carr and sign him to an extension and try to build a team around him, that means you're trying to win. That means you have to get guys early on that are going to help you. Um, so I don't think they would be able to do that. Now, I, I will point out the draft analyst that made this uh, proposal, massive Raiders fan. So I don't know if that colors his opinion one way or the other. I think it does. I think it does. I think... Fans can go one way or the other. If you follow Raider Nation, I mean, if you just follow the Derek Carr arguing every G damn day on social media. Well, I should also say. You can have Raiders fans who are, who are I think, overly critical, and then there are those who don't want to be critical at all. Right. And I don't, I don't, it's, it's Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Like, I don't question um, his football knowledge, but. Well, he's also a car guy. That's, uh, I'm saying. So he's actually so pro car that he's like, Take advantage of his value? Right. Okay. Um, and he said, hey, you can get a lot for him, and this is a great time to rebuild. He was kind of making the same case I did about why it's the right time to rebuild. Um, and you can get enough value for him that it makes it worth it to move on. And he was he, his suggestion was, hey, look, you don't have to shop him, but if you got this kind of an offer, which in his case I believe was two firsts and a third – He's like, if somebody was going to give you this offer, you'd have to say yes to it. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. If you got that type of offer, you'd have to say yes. You couldn't possibly say no. I could say no if I don't have a contingency plan that works with some of the picks to upgrade. I'm not going backwards. But you're right. That is, that's a great offer. But then i got to flip those twos or other twos and go get Rodgers or Watson or Russell Wilson. They got to be tied hand in hand. I'm not. I'm not going into next year with this roster with a bridge quarterback. Yeah, go, or worse. Yeah, I mean, well, like you said, my, my plan is. Like, totally, I don't, I don't totally need resetting. three Brian Hoyers on the roster. <laughs> sure, because well, it, you know it's the Patriots' way. I still think if they moved on from Carr, it would probably be for Garoppolo. I don't love that. That's a bridge quarterback. But if you told me I could get Garoppolo and two firsts and a second. Or two firsts and a third, I think it was. The first are one this year, one next year. Hmm. How often do you do see? That. How often do you see teams target future drafts, like two years in the future, and get first for that? I would love that. It never happens. People want. Oh, I want those picks now. <laughs> Give me those picks right now. <laughs> it's very rare that you. I want to. I want to continue the, on this in the Big Five because I want to look ahead two drafts. I want to look at the next two drafts, not not this one, but the next two drafts, early, early, early projections, like I, and see what the quarterbacks look like. I still, even though he's awesome, I still don't believe that Bryce Young should be. I was going to say would be, I don't know, but should be a first round pick. I just at five eleven or six foot and a, I mean, what does he weigh? One seventy. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a sl- tremendous talent, tremendous talent. 2024, number one overall, Caleb Williams. I mean, that's that's rolling the dice right now. <laughs> that's rolling the dice right now. Um, I mean, we got a lot of giveaways. This is great. Our promotions department is awesome. Uh, let's give away two tickets to the big race on Sunday uh, next weekend. NASCAR is here. Three races in three days. Pennsylvania.
400 Sunday, March 6th. You can get your own tickets at LVMS.com, but we've got two free tickets. Ari's got them. 364 364-1100. We'll get into some of the tough issues around sports in just a couple of minutes. Xavier Pope will uh, chime in on what's going on now with the Saudi Golf League. The last couple of days, Rory McIlroy just destroyed Mickelson. Many others destroyed Phil Mickelson. And I guess Greg Norman, well, he has an agenda. He's picked his side. He is pro Mickelson. Enjoy 77-cent Bud Light bottles during Vegas Golden Knights games at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Hey, Twitter world, is yours truly. Just back from three weeks in Florida. Uh, yesterday, I played golf for the first time, one of my groups, and it snowed on us. It snowed on us on the backside here in Las Vegas. Yes, it does snow in Las Vegas. There he is, one of our uh, great voices here in Las Vegas. Hey, Twitter world, yours truly, O.J. Simpson. God, the life that O.J. leads, man. I wish I could live in an area of town at that elevation where it snowed and play golf every day. It's amazing. It's amazing. Xavier Pope is with it. By the way, great job by our production crew. Did you get the whole Simpsons theme? Did you get it? I got it. Anyone? What was it, O.J. Simpson and... Oh, Jessica Simpson. Yes. Wow, I, I can't believe you knew that. Production crew putting us to the test. Nice job. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing, man? We're good. We're good. Um, I was playing OJ there because OJ's living a you know pretty decent life. He was actually just allowed to leave the area for the first time in years and go to Florida. Plays a lot of golf. You know, has his, his old buddies he talks to. And I just wanted to tie together a, a theme we've talked about in the past. And I see you, you comment on food that you like now and that – you ate as a kid. You're like, holy crap, that was disgusting. Were, were you talking about, I don't know if it was Smarties or it, I think it was just like ground up sugar. Like I, You made a comment like basically this was like high C or Kool-Aid that you, you just you just took a straight dose of it. Like in the it powder was form. Sticks, Steve. It was Lick'em Sticks. That's right. <laughs> um, Lick'em Sticks. And I, everyone remember Lick'em Sticks as a kid. It was a pouch of just like sugar, like a, a artificial flavoring mixed with sugar in a pouch they gave you this whatever chalky like thing the same thing they made like uh toys uh, uh candy cigarettes out of when we were kids candy cigarettes you dip it in there and you, yeah the candy cigarette used to, it's the same material that chalky substance um, yep. you would you and you 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 suck the all that stuff off of it and then you eat the chalk at the end that was just kool-aid uh yep. in a packet yeah um, we were taking taking it straight no water <laughs> no water, man. It's so crazy. Mouth, man. It's so crazy. Um, I wanted to talk about your recent diet and ramen, but I, I have to go down this path real quick. I saw that uh, some show that uh, former NFL quarterback Danny Cannell was doing, and I guess they got in the conversation that Cannell has never had ramen in his life, which my first thought was like, how, like how wealthy was Danny Cannell as a kid? I mean, didn't we all have... Or even in college, like as a poor college. I mean, Danny Cannell went to Florida State, so who knows how much they, you know, allegedly, uh, you know, NIL'd him back then. But I thought that was weird. Never had ramen in your life. I think it's reasonable that Danny Cannell never had 
like ramen at a restaurant. No, the the bags, know, the bags of ramen, the marachan or whatever it's called. The twenty, not, whatever, not, you, whatever that stuff when it comes in the beef, this beef, chicken, shrimp, yes. vegetable. Those are the four flavors you got, right? No, there's a lot and more than that because really I still, I, I still eat it. <laughs> I had a cup of soup last night. That's why I'm in such good shape. Yeah, I mean, we got stop telling the audience that you're disgusted. I, I am I mean, disgusting. Come on. <laughs> He's well, rum out of his belly button, dude. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, you, I, I noticed no, it. it Good. Go well, I, I I think that maybe he maybe maybe isn't thinking about that type of ramen. I'm giving him trying to benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I mean, come on, who didn't have ramen? I mean, I remember having getting ramen in college. I mean, that was like, you know, a, part of getting a four square meals was getting uh, the different four flavors of ramen. Um, I don't know about your experience because you went to post grad at Rutgers, but I remember freshman year, I was like. This is like a minimum security prison that I get to leave. It was like all brick. Like there's, the, you, you know, you had a, basically a hot plate, or you know, I would have to like rig something like in Oz to cook the ramen. But yeah, I had believe me, I had ramen. Now it's been, but now it's been scaled to. It's almost weird. Like I love ramen restaurants, but now you look at it, you're like, okay, this is really good. But like seventeen dollars for a bowl of ramen. I saw the other day. Did you go and like you try to get on the the super hot, 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 hot ramen? Yeah, some places have really hot ramen. And some places are mild. I love spicy food. So there's this place that I go to in Chicago that has, you know, do you have you can get mild ramen, but they have something called hell ramen. And if you get to level five, you get a free t-shirt and 50 bucks coupon because it has a ghost pepper in it. So you go, you go up the levels and I worked my way up. Yeah. And before the pandemic, I was at level four. It's a huge jump from four to five, and I was ready to get my free T-shirt, fifty-dollar coupon. And then the pandemic happened. Then I came. Okay, then the first time I come back to this place after the pandemic, I've been working my tummy up and my butt up too. So I had to, you know, I, I had to like go back at two, so I, so that my tummy and my butt could be ready to handle the hell ramen eventually. Adam, have though. you have you ever had a ramen or like Thai food, even just beyond a level one? No, I mean, I've tried two. Yeah, too much. <laughs> we were talking about this uh, with Wings the other day because we're, we're, it was a group deciding which, we, you know, to go hot, mild, or medium on the wings. And I was like, medium's okay, but I would not go past the two in Thai, so there's no way we can do hot on the wings. It's crazy. But I will say, in terms of ramen, when you were really fancy, maybe you had a nice week, you would get the shrimp and really feel like a fancy person. The shrimp flavor, sure. Yeah, genuine shrimp, shrimp flavor. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> genuine shrimp. All right, we got some uh, tremendous stories to, to get into from the sports world and otherwise. First of all, did Art Bryles deserve another chance? Because he's getting it. The former Baylor coach, with the help of Hugh Jackson, who's coaching as the head coach at Grambling, are you surprised? I think everyone is surprised. Uh, I think it's always interesting that you know in. And we've seen in sports, a, a black head coach is, is the uh, instrument to clean up certain messes. You know, we see it uh, with, with Houston Astros, and we, then we see it, you know, here with Lovey Smith and Brian Flores' suit with the, with the National Football League. But then we see it here uh, with our Browse career. I, 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 don't, I didn't see what anyone was clamoring to have him, his, his career be really be rehabilitated. And I don't think that Art Browse being a coordinator at Grambling State University is going to, going to make them compete with the Jackson States and the Deion Sanders of the world. I just, it's a, it's a confusing position, particularly he's sitting there, a uh, part of, so, uh, part of bringing 
uh, his complaints versus the National Football League with, in relation to African-American coaches and how they're treated. Uh, and you give a chance at an HBCU to a white coach who's involved in sexual assault, all connected to black players at your school. I, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, a, it's an idiotic move. Uh, he should be roundly criticized for it. Uh, and it, it, it makes Hugh Jackson a figure that he just can't can't get right. The character in life uh, can't, couldn't get right with the Browns, could, can't get right here with the, uh, the Grand uh, State Tigers. Uh, there's people that are problematic in different ways, and I want to tie this to Kanye because I know we're both very into the Kanye uh, documentary right now. Oh I, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> the background's like, uh-huh. I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm uncomfortable because we know what Kanye has become, and right now, I mean, there's serious issues of whether he's stalking his ex-wife or not, which is not good, and he's he's got a lot of issues, but are, to celebrate somebody's past and how they got here and the journey that they were on which i think is incredible and i've been so just into the hard-working nature of kanye and the belief in himself and everything but are we celebrating somebody who we shouldn't be celebrating because we're so into the journey to get him here yeah i, I think it's i think that many women's rights activists could could say that uh we don't know the full extent of the relationship that he and kim k has and and we're a lot of them are speculating on various social media posts, what's going on in front and behind the scenes. And I don't think that it's necessarily appropriate um, when we don't really necessarily know all the facts, particularly. Uh, I don't know of any uh, type of complaints that are filed legally in terms of that couple, in terms of what that looks like. And I, so it's early to weigh in on that. And I think that because Kanye West took a position that seemed uh, pretty wacky hugging on Donald Trump and wearing the, the red MAGA hat and taking that far than ha- having that blow up in his face with Candace Owens situation. Many people feel as if you have to dump Kanye the entire career or choose the new, choose the old Kanye versus the new Kanye. But I think in, in and of itself, the documentary on Netflix is a fascinating study of, of, a, of a person. And I think uh, Cootie Simmons, who I know from Chicago, I could openly say that, uh, his career and how he rose, I think that it's worth uh, really discussing, and and what he is, what he, what he, what he's meant to the culture. Uh, Cootie Simmons, being someone that covers Chicago acts, allowed to put the get the city on the on the map by covering it and showing it to the world. And you're seeing that through the lens of this incredible documentary that was well done artistically. And so it's bigger than just it's just celebrating Kanye West. This is a, this is a really really great documentary that is really well done, and the subject of that happens to be. Um, uh, Kanye West, but it does share. It, it shows a lot of different features about how someone could create their own life and, and and the components of the music industry and how to become successful in the music industry that really are independent of who Kanye West is as a person. So I, I strongly advise anyone who is interested in maybe what is this, what is they're talking about? What are they what are they talking about? To really look at it and look at it for the individual artistic work that it is beyond just what do you feel about what how Kanye and Kimye is going in this particular point in time. So, also, should we be questioning Dame Dash's knowledge of the music business if he's listening to College <laughs> Dropout and not giving it a release date? I, I mean, look, he, they had PD Crack <laughs> over <laughs> Kanye West, man. I, that was one of those things I just laugh, you know, like, what, PD Crack? I forgot about that guy. <laughs> you know? And I think that, it, you know, it just, it just goes to show you, though, um, you're underrated 
until you are overrated. I've always thought that. And it's really all about when you are attempting to make a name for yourself in this world, everybody's not going to believe you. And you have to have the wherewithal to be able to continue pushing. Even when he was pushed to the side, I was showed a, a way that the label had never even pictured and envisioned it. When you engage a particular industry doing something new, people may not understand it at first. Get Out wasn't a huge phenomenon until people started getting it and saying, oh, wow, this is a different type of way that a horror movie can be pre presented. It, it's When new ideas show up, just like the running quarterback in the National Football League, it took a while and people said, oh, this is a way that we can win football games because this is not something we had really seen before. And I think that's really what it's all about is that everybody's not going to get it. Xavier Pope is with us. We're live at Silver Sevens. He joins us every Thursday. Uh, what's going on with uh, some Twitter spaces coming up and also Suit Up News? Yes, yeah, uh, Suit Up News uh, is coming up at, at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific. We're talking about the, the, the conflict in Ukraine and talking also about um, – what are we doing in, in our world to be able to address what's happening in our democracy? So that's also we're talking about that. And on Suit Up News video, we're talking about the hypocrisy and how it is viewed by a certain segment of society cheering on uh, a, a, a madman that is now murdering innocent men, women and children. Well, I think we're going to get a lot of opinions on what's going on with the Russian invasion of Ukraine coming up here in the next couple of days. We got an opinion from... Phil Mickelson the other day, really weird. So the Saudis are trying to start a golf league to potentially rival the PGA. They're trying to steal away PGA players. So Phil Mickelson, who is tied into the Saudi league, said I basically he understands all the atrocities, the human rights violations, the stuff with Khashoggi, who's dead, um, other you know terrible issues with the Saudis. And he said, you know, it's a little bit scary to get involved with them, but essentially it's a means to an end. Because the PGA needs to be fixed. And other golfers came down on him and slammed the hell out of him. Yeah, well, do you think they would have slammed him, though, um, if the public's reaction wasn't so visceral to what he said? I, I think that's the problem. And I think we're going to talk a little bit later about Greg Norman and, and his response to everything. But I think that's the issue we're having in currently in modern society is whatever is the, the – if an opinion is popular, even if it's bad – people are okay with going with it uh, or people don't, don't know enough of it to, in order for, to make it an issue to be able to curtail certain corrupt and disgusting behavior, people can go ahead and make as much money as they want. If this wasn't a, a story story, Phil Mickelson would have gone ahead and, and continued to do what he was doing. Uh, and I think that's the problem, is a, is a bigger issue of you, you see it in sports. You, you start this out with OJ playing golf and then these different people that deal with him. There are different relationships that people want to have with celebrity or with money or investments that goes across this world. And people are willing to take whatever they can in their pocketbook to be perfect. And they'll be perfectly comfortable if these people are terrible people. And I think that's the bigger issue in our society. We need to do something, something more better about that. We, have a better, we need to have a better consciousness about these different relationships that people have. Before Xavier hits Greg Norman, Adam, your opinion on Greg Norman, what do you do? I mean, he he's interested in financial gain, which is obviously clear here, and he cares about that above all else. And I think he's trying to sell this as 
he's trying to help the players. Hey, just want more financial benefits for the players, which is clearly not the case. And they knew that they were going to war with the PGA when they did this. So it's kind of silly that he would now pretend like, whoa, whoa, I'm just trying to help the players. What, what are we doing here? Why are you, why are you trying to stop their opportunities? It's, it's ridiculous. Xavier? Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Once your financial interests are threatened, then you, you're going to come up with a reason why you did something you shouldn't do. Uh, and I think that, okay, you want to do something that rivals the PGA. That's fine. Build that. But build that with reputable people who, who don't uh, chop people's heads off and put them in, in different places and then put other people in jail for it. Xavier, we appreciate it. Good spot. We'll be following you on Twitter, at Xavier Pope, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. There he is, our buddy Xavier Pope out of Chicago. Four o'clock hours on the way. we got the football frenzy. We're going to talk about uh, Diana Rossini with a uh, big scoop on Aaron Rodgers. 22-ounce Bud Light, Budweiser, or Michelob Ultra, plus two hot dogs and two bags of chips, all for just $7.77 at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.